Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus. On this episode, we are joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. I would like to remind people that you can send in your COVID-19 related questions to us at podcast at MITW.org. Welcome, Vaughn. Hi, Sheena. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we missed last week's episode, um, and congratulations to Vaughn. He was out on paternity leave so yay new babies <laughs> so um right in the beginning i just wanted to mention to everyone that uh we do have a uh clinic for vaccination going on this saturday um and that is at the menominee casino that's april 17th the saturday from 9 to 12 9 a.m to 12 p.m um, and you can register either online uh, on the tribe's website or you can call 715-799-5769 um, and make an appointment. Um, and to be eligible for the vaccine, you have to be 18 or older and either be enrolled or descendant, live on the reservation, work on the reservation, be a household member of a Menominee member or a person who works on the Menominee Reservation, that's a a mouthful, Um, a patient of the tribal clinic or a College of Menominee student. So we encourage everybody to come and get vaccinated if you would like to. Um, And then we also do have um, the walk-in clinic today, Friday. Um, So everyone can just come to the casino if you meet those criteria that we mentioned earlier um, and get vaccinated today as well. Um, so, <clears throat> Vaughn, I was just wondering if you could give us an update on the vaccination numbers that we have for this week. Sure, yeah. The official numbers that the state has right now says that 42% of our population has at least received one dose of one of the Pfizer vaccines. That's about 1,900 people, a little bit more. Um, and then 36%, or about 1,600 have uh, completed both doses so that's where we're at right now um there are four to five counties that have gotten a few more than us percentage wise um but we're doing pretty good as far as the vaccination right now so vaughn um can you tell us which demographic is the least likely to be vaccinated in our community it's hard to predict like least likely i can i can look at the data and, and tell you who has been vaccinated at least at this point yeah um, that's what I i'm trying can't to really say. can't really say why but <laughs> this is where we are yeah so um we've done really good at vaccinating um our individuals uh that are 35 and over fairly well that's um 59 of the individuals of 35 and over have been vaccinated with at least one dose um we're really doing great with our you know 55 plus 
Um, that ranges from either 75% of vaccine to almost 90%. So we're, we've done really well at protecting the elders, which is good. They're the most vulnerable population for COVID-19. Um, where we are struggling is our groups um, below the age of 35. Um, in the demographic of 25 to 34, we've only gotten about 40% of our adult population. Uh, the group between 18 to 24, we've only vaccinated 31%. Um, so it markedly drops off and stuff after that age of 35. Um, additionally, we can technically vaccinate um, individuals over the age of 16, so 16, 17-year-olds. Um, they can only receive the Pfizer vaccine, which we aren't distributing right now. So we've only got like about 2% of that population within the county vaccinated. Um, you know, we may change that in the future. We're not sure. But right now, it's our younger population that hasn't been as forthcoming and receiving the vaccination. Can you just um, tell people why it's important? I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of younger people probably think, well, you know, I'd be fine if I got COVID. Maybe that's why they're not getting vaccinated. Um, but can you just mention why it would be important for a younger person to get vaccinated? Yeah, you know, our younger population, they might be fine if they do get COVID, but there are, um, they're a potential carrier, which, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't sound nice to say about someone, um, that they could be a, a biological Trojan horse, but that's kind of what it boils down to. Um, there's a period of time where you're asymptomatic, but can still spread COVID. Um, and it's important that individuals, um, you know, really take precaution against something like that. That's really why we're encouraging even our young adults in the community to get vaccinated. Um, it's to prevent that that possibility of spreading the virus. Now, we're going to say, got to bring that caveat back, that even if you have been vaccinated, you still have the potential to be infected. Um, the Moderna vaccine is 95% effective at, at preventing it. Um, in adults, that's really great, but that still means you could catch it. So it's it's not a 100% a invincibility against the virus. And so that's why we're still encouraging our older, older adults and our younger adults to get vaccinated. So Vaughn, is it true that women are more likely to get more severe side effects from the vaccine than men? So we're going to give you a nice firm maybe on this, kind of. Um, there are some things to take into consideration. The first thing that we can see is that uh, more women have been vaccinated than men. That tends to be the case in most medical types of conditions. Um, women are much smarter than us men. Sorry, guys, they just are, and they're more willing to get help. And so in this case, more of them have been vaccinated. So there's a wider pool to draw from to see whether or not there have been adverse reactions. Um, that said, the women also tend to have kind of an odd situation where they tend to have more autoimmune type conditions than men do. And so they can have slightly more side effects to some viruses and stuff than men do. Um, you know, it's not hard and fast. It's not a 100% generality, but um, that that is a tendency. So um, it's possible that women are more prone to, you know, experiencing side effects um, than the men. We're just not really sure at this point. So um, will taking Tylenol before getting the vaccine in order to help with side effects reduce the efficacy of the vaccine? 
Not from what we've seen. Um, I know Dr. Schlegel has, you know, prescribed and recommended Tylenol to individuals that are experiencing, you know, kind of um, more extreme side effects or, you know, reactions to the to the vaccination. Uh, but it shouldn't decrease the the efficacy or the the usefulness of the vaccine in a person. So I know you talked about this a little bit um, earlier, but uh, can 16-year-olds now get vaccinated? And um, is there a plan going forward to vaccinate 16-year-olds on in our community? The answer to that is yes. 16-year-olds uh, have been cleared for the Pfizer vaccination. Um, right now, we've just been distributing the Moderna vaccine. I don't know if we're um, going to get Pfizer in the future. But um, I know there are other locations and stuff that are offering that. Um, I've talked to various, you know, tribal members and tribal employees that have taken their, you know, family members outside of the, the county to get those vaccinations for their young teens. So it's possible. Um, and, you know, if the opportunity comes up, I definitely recommend that, you know, people take advantage of that. Uh, so the big news this week with COVID and the vaccines um, is the Johnson & Johnson vaccine getting put on pause. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So um, the CDC pulled the Johnson & Johnson vaccine this week because there were six cases of uh, potentially life-threatening blood clotting condition in six different women. Um, and so they used the words um, that they're using a overabundance of caution um, when approaching the vaccine. Now let's put this into perspective. So six people have had these blood clots and these reactions six million of these doses have been given right now so it is like a one in a million shot right now that a female or man might experience some sort of blood clotting issue like this um but if you if you want to if you're on the fence about how safe this is i would and you're a woman i would say that this is if offered a safe thing to get because women are literally like 2,000 times more likely to experience those very same blood clot issues um, when they're taking the pill or for various forms of birth control. And so the vaccine itself is still very safe. I mean, there are some unknowns about it, but as far as clotting conditions, it's very safe. There are other FDA approved medications that are much more dangerous and have a much higher list or a longer list of side effects. Um, so if it's brought back, fantastic it can only benefit the population um if not i personally think that we might be missing out but i think it is or continues to be a fairly safe vaccine okay so um there's a lot of talk about vaccine passports so what is it and will we need one so a vaccine passport is just for all intents and purposes proof that you've been vaccinated um against any sort of potential infection. This could be coronavirus. This could be the flu. It, it could be anything. Um, and it also can take various forms. It could be something that is digital, like an app on your phone, or it could be, you know, physical piece of paper that you carry around. Um, and it, it really just depends on the format. Um, could we be required to get a vaccine passport in the future for things like travel on, you know, airplanes and buses and trains? Maybe we don't know. Um, right now, uh, it's it's really up in the air due to like the legislative process so we're not sure if we're gonna need those to you know go into gyms and theaters and things like that or airplanes um but even even with uh you know a, a 
passport. It's not foolproof because it doesn't account for things like the variants that are coming out. And it also doesn't prove whether or not you're still producing antibodies or if you have T cells or B cells um, in your system. So it's there. It's kind of a safety net, but, um, you know, it's not a end all be all safety thing. All right, Vaughn, do you have any uh, message for people this week? Um, you know, if you're listening to this and haven't been vaccinated yet, we would love to see you. We would love to help vaccinate you um, and your family members that qualify. We'd love to, you know, help you protect the community and we want to help protect you as well. Um, and we want to thank those that have, have been vaccinated so far. Really appreciate your efforts in, in slowing the spread of COVID and, and bringing things back to back to normal. So thank you. All right, uh, Wannon for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to us on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcasts. We do weekly updates with Vaughn. We welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19, so please send those to us via email at podcast at mitw.org.